Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We finish our Rookie of the Year candidacy previews. We stay out west, the NFC West. My backyard, teams that literally play in my backyard on the docket for us here today as we close out early. Like you're on the other side of town from the Cardinals. How much how much you think that we're gonna completely sidebar here to start the show? How much you think that real estate would cost if literally State Farm Stadium was in my backyard? You think that would you think you think property value up or down? You think that's a pro or a con for property value if State Farm Stadium, the the toaster, it would literally be in my backyard. I, I think that would be a plus for your property value, but the negative would be it's Glendale, Arizona. True, but like I'm thinking of like Buffalo. That stadium is literally in the middle of a residential area. People's backyards yeah. is what is it? Highmark like Stadium. Like yeah. it's Highmark is literally their backyard. Green Bay, Wisconsin, Lambeau Field, Title Town, literally yeah. their backyard. I feel like that's got to be hell if you want to do like Sunday errands. Can't wait. Draft 2025. Green Bay, Wisconsin. We'll be there. See what that looks like down there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay, the reason why we're filibustering is there's not a lot of conversation to be had here in this division when it comes to Rookie of the Year candidates. We will start with the team that won the division. I think it's the team for us to have the easiest conversation about. Jamie, they had 47 picks in the 2023 NFL Draft. I don't think there's a single one of them that has a legitimate... Do we can Jake Moody? Is Jake Moody eligible for an award? Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jake Moody for points scored? I mean, I feel like he should be. He's probably no, I mean, he's the guy that I would like the most out of this group. Yeah, he's probably going to be the most impactful guy on this list. Uh, Jair Brown might play some significant snaps, but I, I don't see him doing anything here. Like this is uh, this is rough. Um, I do think Jake Moody is going to have could have a decent little season for them. I thought he was the best kicker in this draft, and obviously they took him as the first kicker in this draft late in the third round, but. Yeah, I mean, this is this, this is, is not a filling out depth. Okay, yeah. this is not a bad draft class for a team that only no, started no, no, picking no, in the third no. round. I think that's a fair from what from the topic of conversation that we are having right now about rookie of the year. I don't think applies, but I don't want that to be conveyed with the message of we think this is a bad draft class. I love the D Winters pick for value. I think Jake Moody is going to be the most impactful player. I think they've got some good depth here. I think Ronnie Bell is a great flyer in round seven. I like a lot of what they were able to do with the fact that they didn't start picking until the 24th pick of the third round, right? Yeah. So looking at it from that lens, if I add the, if I grade on a curve, I like what the 49ers did. But when it comes to rookie of the year, they don't have anybody that's going to play an impactful role other than Jake Moody that I think is even going to come close to being relevant. Yeah, it's kind of the perils of not having a uh, a top 80 pick. Like, right. that just kind of is what it is. Uh, we Seattle's going to be much more interesting. We can very quickly move on to the team that has uh, a lot more conversation to be had here, and that is the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Jamie, I think this conversation needs to start with their two first-round picks in uh, Devon Witherspoon and Jackson Smith and Jigba, and then we can talk about anybody else uh, of this draft class that I think is going to find them find themselves on this list. Uh, you want to start with JSN? Because I think there's a very interesting conversation. I think we might be on different sides of this one. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one because we've talked before and we actually talked in the AFC West show about receivers that could be blocked by other veterans that are there. 
But I've been waiting for Seattle to kind of get that number three wide receiver for some time now. Obviously, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are, are ingrained in their roles. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, in addition to being probably a long-term Tyler Lockett replacement, he's going to be that short-term wide receiver three for Geno Smith. The question is going to be, though, when Lockett and Metcalf are healthy, how many targets are there going to be to go around for that third receiving option that we haven't really seen emerge at any point, whether in the Russell Wilson or Geno Smith era? But I love the talent, best peer route runner in the class. Uh, I thought he was my wide receiver one uh, overall in the class, and I think he's a really good fit there. I think he's going to probably be a better year one real-life football player than somebody that's going to be a fantasy or award darling. Uh, I like the where he is, but my guess, just given where he was drafted, that his odds are going to be like, I don't know, like 10-ish to one. And I'm not gonna not gonna be in love with that because I think you're going to need an injury in front of him to him to get truly get a lot of targets. I have not done my Seahawks projections yet because they are an F team, so I will be getting them later. But I think it's gonna take a lot for him to be able to get the workload needed in year one. But I love this long term. Could could you could you run that by me again? You haven't done Seattle's projections because they are a what? An S team. An OS. Oh, that yes. makes more sense than what I thought you said. I thought you said they are an F team. And I'm like, is there some lingo that no. you're using that I'm not particularly aware of? No, no, they, they are the letter F. Yeah, so they, Sam, as in Seattle Seahawks. Yes, so they would be towards the back. Um, I, I'll share the odds for Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is wide receiver one um, when it comes to rookie of the year odds for the offensive side of the ball. 12 to one, Jamie. So you're right in that, okay. uh, that range of where he sits. I'll tell you, there's no value here in my opinion. And I'll be the pessimist here of the room because uh, I think Jamie kind of flirted uh, with the position that I'm certainly taking. I love JSN the player. I think it's a great long-term answer for Tyler Lockett. I think long-term you're looking at DK Metcalf and JSN as the two wide receivers for this team moving forward. But if I'm talking year one, he's wide receiver three. He might be the fourth pass-catching option for this team behind Noah Fant, who I'm sure they're going to want to get involved. And Jamie, let's let's look at this. The second half of last year, the Seattle Seahawks passing offense fell off a cliff. Whether that was yeah, Geno not playing very well, whether it was play calling, whether it was them changing what they were doing, they did not have a good second half passing offense. And to me, Seattle is still always going to be a run first team. They've got Kenneth Walker, who was an offensive rookie of the year candidate a year ago. Maybe this is where we sprinkle on talking about these other two guys. They drafted Zach Charbonnet in round two. They drafted Kenny yep. McIntosh with round seven. There is going to be an emphasis on running the football. And so with a team that I think is going to be heavily skewed, skewed toward the run, you then look at what limited uh, passing options there are going to be. And I think JSN slots in at number four. That's tough for me. That's a tough case to make to be the top wide receiver option at 12 to one. Yeah, let's talk about Zach Charbonnet a little bit. Uh, obviously, that was the surprise pick of the second round. It's a dumb pick. Uh, I think still, that, it's still a bad pick. You're not going to convince me it's a good pick. Well, the Seahawks, this would be the first time the Seahawks ever made a bad pick at a running back early. Um, it still wasn't well, the first they, round. Uh, yes, this technically was not the first round. Uh, I, obviously, I could see him getting some significant work but it's going to be if Kenny Walker gets hurt. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to take the ball out of Walker's hands a significant amount, but we have seen them use two running backs. We saw it last year with Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny. We've seen it in the past with Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Uh, I, I think this is going to be a case where Charbonnet is going to get some work, but for him to be a, someone that's going to have a shot at this award, he's going to need a Kenneth Walker injury, and it's going to need to be a several week injury in order for him to kind of get this rolling, because I would still not be surprised if a guy like DJ Dallas comes in and steals some third down work uh, from both of those guys that we just talked about. So I can't really see him getting this, this 
him into the spot. I think it's going to be more so a frustration for Ken Walker fantasy managers, and it's going to be a true chance for a rookie of the year campaign from him. But I, uh, I will see. I would. I wish if if you were Seattle, you wish you would have known that Kenny McIntosh would have been available in the seventh. That well, then you wouldn't have in, taken in Zach Charbonnet elsewhere. in the second, right? I mean, you would have yeah. picked another player. Um, yeah, because I think Kenny McIntosh as that third down guy as a compliment to Kenny Walker and probably a replacement for DJ Dallas long term makes a lot of sense to me. Just Charbonnet seems like just good player, but just I, it's not where I would have invested if I was Seattle. There were uh, there were probably three or four picks from the 2023 NFL draft that I can remember the reaction of the room uh, when we were all together in Kansas City for the draft. Will McDonald to the Jets in the first round was was the pick on night one. And on night two, it was Zach Charbonnet to the Seahawks. There was this audible just everybody looking at each other. What did they just do? They did what now by taking a running back in round two? And I will tell you, Jamie, Zach Charbonnet. 35 to 1 plus 3500 his odds to be the offensive rookie of the year for 2023. This is great for the audio audience that you're just just shaking your head no and not actually saying anything. I really appreciate that. Well, I, I was trying to, but then you ran over. Oh, I apologize. Uh, I apologize. No likey. Yeah, I, I would agree 100% that, that, that there's not a ton of value here uh for Zach Charbonnet. Uh let's look at the defensive side of the ball. Devin Witherspoon Going to be one of the top two corner options for this team. We uh-huh. did just learn, Jamie, did Tariq Woolen not just have a, a surgery that's going to force him he to did. miss the, up until the start of training camp? So opportunity yes. aplenty for Devin Witherspoon to in front of all of his coaches without Tariq Woolen around to be like, hey, I'm pretty good at this corner uh, corner thing. I can play this pretty well. Uh, and so for me, the opportunity is going to be there. Him, I, I, Tariq Willen is going to get a lot of attention, which means they're probably going to throw a lot towards Devin Witherspoon. And very quickly, teams might learn that that might be a mistake. And so opportunity here, uh, a plenty for Devin Witherspoon up in Seattle. Yeah, look, you don't take a corner in the top five without the plan to play him right away. And with or without Tariq Woolen's injury, he was going to start on the outside. And again, the question for him is going to be, can he get the ball production this year in order to put himself in this award conversation? And he's going to have to look at what his teammate did last year in Tariq Woolen to kind of be in that convo. But he's got a ton of talent. He was the reason why he was a top cornerback drafted in this draft. And he's going to be able to get the plenty of opportunities and snaps in order to have success. And he's going to need to be good for Seattle to be a playoff team. And let's we hope that Tariq Woolen comes back fully healthy and ready to go and doesn't miss any regular season action. But they're going to need Devin Witherspoon to be a key contributor right away for them. I, again, it's it's tough for me to pick a corner to, to win this award um, at the odds I imagine he's going to be at, which I would assume he's like 9-1. to one. Um, And I think he because he of where he went in the draft. But... He's going to be a key cog in the Seattle machine. And again, I, I, he has the ability. He's got all the tools that you want to see for somebody that could win this award. I just, again, I've talked about it on a few of these shows. Like I just, you're, you're, despite what happened last year with two corners finishing in the top three, it's really hard for a rookie corner to win this award. And, and I don't want to overcorrect and just put all these corners right back in the mix when this is usually a Sachs award for the rookie of the year on the defensive side. 10 to 1 for Devin Witherspoon for his odds for the uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. The top corner, Devin Witherspoon at 10 to 1. Jamie, not the only Seattle Seahawks defensive draft pick that finds themselves on the Defensive Rookie of the Year odds. Yeah, Derek Hall is going to be in there as well. I just, 
He's an interesting one. I don't know where he's going to start right away, but I do think he's got a shot. Um, I, I believe Daryl Taylor is is the only guy in front of him right yep. now on the super early depth chart here. But they're going to have to find a way to work a few other guys. Obviously, Uchenna Nuosu has been really good. Uh, Boye Mafe is going to need to get some more work. So My breakout candidate looks- for the Seattle Seahawks for 2023, Boye Mafe. Ah, uh, yes, from, from the TDA and Daily yes. Breakout Show. But I think Derek Hall is going to get a chance to be inside of that rotation a little bit and get some work. Again, enough to get the sack numbers needed to be up at the top for this award? Probably not, but... Call me like in September, because if it looks like he might start, then this could be a kind of a sneaky play. Uh, at I assume he's probably like 22 to one right now. I talk to you every day. I'm not going to call you in September. I'm, we'll probably just have that conversation right, uh, on, yeah. on the day that probably it occurs. Me anyway. uh, 40 to one for Derek Hall for his odds okay. going into the 2023-24 uh, season as the defensive rookie of the year candidates. We've got two more teams to discuss here, Jamie. Speaking of having 47 draft picks, the Los Angeles Rams made quite a few selections here in the 2023 NFL draft. And I want to hear you tell me why Stenson Bennett is a legitimate rookie of the year candidate. Cause he's got odds, Jamie Stenson Bennett got odds. Stenson Bennett got has odds. Offensive rookie of the year, hundred to one Stenson Bennett, Jamie Eisner, your thoughts. Well, you asked me to, you wanted to hear me give you a reason why he's legit. So I have nothing to say. All right, let's talk about this class uh, in general. I have a name that I'd like to discuss that I don't believe has odds, which is going to be really tough. But yeah, it's the it's the Tennessee Byron Young who who we learned based on. I'm assuming actually, but based on the oh no, I know who you want to talk about. But I you, want to talk about Byron Young. I know, okay, I know who you want to talk about. Fine, wait, wait, you wait. can you can talk about who you want to talk about first. Go it, ahead, go ahead. It hit me. It hit me. I forgot it's your brand. We'll talk about that player in a second. Okay. Well, your 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 well, player doesn't have odds either, so this is great. <laughs> correct. Uh, I want to talk about Byron Young, who I learned from you didn't have odds when we talked about the Alabama version of Byron Young the, uh, the other day. This is a starter. This is a starting. This is a yeah, starting think, player for this Los Angeles Rams defense. This is a starter who I think is a, an extremely underrated athlete that it's kind of just flew under the radar the entire draft process. Got a chance to see him up close uh, in Mobile. Was really strong player, and I think right now he's going to be a starting outside linebacker for them by week one. Um, they might have two rookie starting outside linebackers depending on how they use Nick Hampton and Rashawn Mathis this year. Again, it's a pass rusher, a lot of speed. SEC pedigree starter that checks a lot of boxes for me. And obviously you can't mm-hmm. bet on him right now. So I, I can't call him a value, but can't bet on Nick Hampton either. <laughs> no, but like that checks a lot of boxes for me. Uh, I, I I'm excited. I think Byron Young could have a sneaky, strong season. And maybe this is one of those like in play odds, like wait till maybe he shows up on a board somewhere mid, you know, in the middle of the season and, and maybe sprinkle a few dollars on it. But I like him a lot. I will cede the rest of my time, Chris, for you to talk about Puka Nakua. Well, I will say that the Rams do have two players that are listed for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Stenson Bennett, who I've already mentioned, at 100-1. to But Zach Evans also makes this list at 60-1, to at plus 6,000 as well. (laughs) Jamie's Jamie's disgust, I think, dealt the story about how he feels about that. I Um, mean, Cam Cam Akers could fall into a, a, I don't know, into a wormhole. And I'm still not going to be sure how the combination of Kyron Williams, Zach Evans, Ronnie Rivers, et cetera, are going to be used. I will so say I'm if not- if K-Makers falls into a wormhole, we've got bigger scientific developments on our hands than worrying about who's going to win the offensive and defensive rookie of the year awards. 
We've got bigger. Well, maybe for some. Maybe for some people. Uh, for me, for me in particular, as a fan of science, I think that would there would be bigger, bigger issues that I'd like for us to discuss if we discover wormholes. Uh, the player, right, so the, the Rams' player, wide receiver two, according to Chris, doesn't have odds. You're right. The, the the guy who was going to be the the Rams' wide receiver two does not have odds because I'm sorry. No offense to Van Jefferson. No offense to Ben Skoranek. But Puka Nakua, from a talent perspective, is the second best wide receiver on this team after Cooper Cup. And I'm shocked he's behind on the depth chart for Ben Skoranek. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. He will beat him out. And I'm just, I'm stunned. I am shocked that there are not at least like flyer odds that I can't take on Puka Nakua. Again, I think there's an opportunity here. I think he's better than Ben Skoranek. I think Van Jefferson, he's better than, but also the injury concerns with Van Jefferson are a major question mark. I think teams are even more so going to go into the idea of listen we're just going to double cooper cup we're just going to figure it out and you're going to have to fi- you're going to have to go to somebody else and i think there's an opportunity there for puka nakua so for me i think he's going to be the starter by the time the season begins i think he's a good player i think he's the second yeah. best receiver on this team now i'm not surprised he doesn't have odds like it doesn't like totally shock me cuz they have him not listed like fifth or sixth on the depth chart but i can't I'm, get I, mean, I can't get anything yeah. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm. I'm I, I guess I'm not shocked, but I'm a little surprised we didn't just get a, like a, a you know 100 to one floater nope. on him. Not in that list, unfortunately. I like it, but again, that's another one. Those are two guys we gave you: Byron Young on defense, Pukunakua on offense. That someone kind of keep an eye on once we get into the season a little bit, because odds are obviously going to change, but they're going to add some names. I don't think those guys are going to shoot up to a point where you're going to be like, oh, these are no value anymore, but couple good weeks they could they could find their way on those lists yeah again i think i for me jamie i I cannot wait for two things i can't wait to see what your um projections come in for pukunakua when you do the rams projections they're they're an l team so they're kind of in the middle you'll get to them uh here uh Uh, i think i get to them next i just finished the chargers so they should be up next yeah so they they they, they should be up next i can't wait to see i have access uh, to all these numbers i look at them and we you and i've had conversations behind the scenes about some of the early early takeaways uh from these numbers and we'll do those shows here uh in the coming weeks and months as we get you ready for the season so that's going to be fun and for me he's more than likely um after seeing what your projections are he's going to be one of the rookie sleepers for me when it comes to this year's draft class um i'm really excited to see him again there's a lot of question marks about this offense but if there's one thing I do believe in, it's Sean McVay's ability to be extremely creative with whoever's playing quarterback. And so I think there is going to be some value there for Puka Nakua. Well, and, and the ultimate upside there, too, is that if Stafford is healthy, and that's a huge if, but I, I think we have completely written off the Rams from any so- sense of our consciousness this season. I have them as a top 10 team picking in the 2024 NFL draft next year. Did that and and I'm not saying they're going to be good, but I'm saying from a pure number standpoint, if Stafford is healthy, there are some guys who are going to have some decent numbers. 100 percent yeah 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 their, their defense is going to give up 40 points a game but they're going to be able to they, if Stafford's healthy, all those fifth rounders that are going to potentially be starters for them so right. yes that that's going to be problematic but uh, uh from an offensive standpoint they actually might be again health permitting be pretty decent the last team for us to discuss team in in my backyard sort of kind of the arizona cardinals sort of kind of yes I, there's some value here, Jamie. There are a couple of players that I like. There are a couple of players that I think can be extremely impactful. They're at positions where you can put up the statistics. You can put up the numbers. I want to talk about BJ Ojolari and Garrett Williams. Please and thank you. So I want to like Garrett Williams a lot. I'm concerned about how healthy he's going to be heading into the season. But you can't bet on him. So he, we can add him to the list of Byron Young and, and Puka Nakua as you cannot bet on Garrett Williams. Didn't Wasn't that one of the names you brought up? I brought him up and I want to talk about him, but I can't oh. bet on him. 
Oh, I thought you brought him up so because you said they're good values. How well, because I can't bet on him. Well, because when he when he when he shows up on this board, it ain't gonna be that high up. If he's healthy, he's probably the best cornerback on this roster. Like, I don't think there's I don't think there's a oh I maybe oh, I just pulled up the depth chart. He is the best corner on the roster. This is sad. Uh, have, I, when's the last time you did this? When's the last time you pulled up the Arizona Cardinal depth chart on defense? Probably the first night of the draft. Yeah, it's 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 tough. It's rough. I think it's dis- I think it is disrespectful to tell me that Garrett Williams slots in behind Antonio Hamilton and Marco Wilson. He's better than both of those players. Now, assuming health, yeah, but he is. I, I I am just reading through this. Um, this is this is really bad. They have a seventy nine point five percent chance of picking inside the top ten according to ESPN's FPI. I think that might be underselling their chances of picking that high. <laughs> Um, this this is one of the worst defensive depth charts I think I've seen in the last five years. I'm not you, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Have this you looked really at the offenses? Have you looked at the offensive side specifically the offensive line? Yeah, but at least they have a couple people. Like James Connors, fine. DeAndre Hopkins is a superstar. Marquise Brown's good. DJ Humphreys is fine. Paris Johnson. I mean, they have pieces. Left guard Paris Johnson. What do they have on defense? Anywhere? 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 They have Buda Baker. Buda? They That's have Buda, they have Buda Baker who has requested a trade. <laughs> who does not want to be there. You have the hopes of a defensive-minded head coach turning Isaiah Simmons and Zaven Collins into something. Chris. Y- yes. Does it bother you that everybody in Philadelphia hates Jonathan Gannon? Um does that, does that at some level bother you that the the way the players, his fellow coaches, the fans talk about him is so poor? Like does that bother you? Even normally, normally I'd be like, no, like because the the people that are always the most critical of their coordinators are the fans of the team. Like I'm critical of the Jets defensive coordinator, but like I think everybody around the league would be like, the Jets have a pretty good defense. What are you upset about? Like they because they don't know the intricate nuances of watching a team on a week to week basis. So normally I would cast that aside, but like, man, like there's been a lot of noise about how Jonathan Gannon like didn't make adjustments and the Super Bowl wasn't very great. And like the comments from like former players and the fans, like you kind of add it all up and you're like, Ooh, is this the guy that you really want leading? What's probably going to be somewhat of a soft rebuild. Like, is this really the guy you want in charge? Like, and then, and then I was kind of out. And then I was kind of out when he did that, when we saw the video of him in his first day, bang, bang, pow. I was kind of out the, what what was it? The zoom, zoom, zoom. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of out on him after that, but this is what, this is where they're going with. Cost them, cost them draft to, picks. Cost them draft picks to be able yeah. to get Jonathan Gannon to be their next head coach. What a world we live in. Don't ask. And, and, and if you don't, don't ask. Don't ask Howie Roseman about it because he won't. He won't talk to you about it. He won't well, answer. Say, if you're a conspiracy theorist, it might have. Uh, it might have also cost the Eagles a Super Bowl. So we'll uh, that we'll leave that where maybe. But yes, yeah, Garrett Williams is the best corner on this roster when healthy. Uh, I just I need to before I, I obviously I can't bet on him right now because he's not not listed, but I want to see how healthy he is. BJ Ojolari is interesting. Um, yep. Pass rusher, he really like. I don't think Majai Sanders is going to be a thing. Well, and um, and just, Jamie, who else is going to get after the quarterback? Like we we opportunity's been question. a big word for us throughout the course of this process. Look at the depth chart. There is no JJ Watt anymore. There is no Zach Allen. He's off in Denver. J- like Jonathan Ledbetter. LJ Collier, Maje Sanders. Like, the, I, I'm sorry, this is not stopping me from playing BJ Ojolari and just allowing him as a young player to go out there and learn and flourish yeah. as a young player in a Jonathan Gannon defense. 
yeah, take, take your lumps, let him play. Um, I don't think he's going to be productive enough to, to be in this conversation and the Cardinals are going to be abysmal as we just listened to, but, uh, what are his odds, Chris? I'm at least curious. 35 to 1 for BJ Ojolari. I kind of like it from a value perspective. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think 30, that, I think that's yeah. about fair. I um, think that's about fair for him. We want to talk about offensive uh, rookie of the year candidates for the Not really. Michael Wilson is not on the radar. That's not that's this. not who I was talking about. Clayton Toon? Yeah, Clayton Toon, 100 to 1. Him and Stenson Bennett hanging out together from the 100 to 1 club in the NFC no. West rookie of the year. No. He might be the starter week one, Jamie. That could be care. Cardinals starting quarterback Clayton Toon. If you guarantee me 17 full weeks of Clayton Toon, I still won't bet on him. I can't wait for Clayton Toon to start week one and put up a better stat line than like Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or somebody. And like just everybody just lose it for 24 hours. Okay, hold on. Let, let's see. Hold on. And uh, let me see what the what's the week one schedule again. I, you know what, Jamie? I'm supposed to remember this, but I don't. I'm, I'm looking. I know. Well, no, there's no. There's no. They play Washington. They play at Washington. Oh, the Colt McCoy revenge game. Oh no, I didn't even consider it. Colt McCoy revenge game. All right, so we got Panthers at Falcons. All right, Falcons defense. Texans at Ravens. So CJ might struggle. Colts at Jags or Jags at Colts, I should say. Clayton Toon. Nah, I, I, Clayton I don't see Toon it season baby. Clayton Toon, hundred to one. Yeah, no. That, that could be 500 to one as far as I care concerned about. We get Stetson Bennett Clayton too, but I can't get, I can't get Puka Nakua. You can't throw no. me a bone and put Puka Nakua at 90 to one. You can't, you way. can't. I think there's a, there's a better chance an offensive lineman wins the award than Clayton too. I don't even, is there even an offensive lineman offered? There is not a single offensive lineman on this yeah. list. I got, I've got Jamie, get this. I've got Aiden O'Connell at 80 to one. I can't Stop get Puka it. Nakua at 90 to one. Aiden O'Connell. I, I love the 80 to one on that too. Of just like people just, they want to make sure that everybody that's betting on Jimmy G to get hurt doesn't get any value there. And even then don't care. Um, okay, Jimmy, we have to, <laughs> we have to, we have to pick a value player from this division. So, um, is it BJ Ojolari at 35 to one? It might be. It's somebody off the board, isn't it? It's Gar- yeah, I think it's Garrett Williams. It's Garrett Williams, Puka, Nakua. Puka Nakua and Byron it's Young. Byron Young. Uh, it's one of those three guys that are our, our value uh, for and this. Off the board value. All right, Jamie, I want to do a little thought exercise now that we're done here. We did this at the okay. end of the draft classes. Okay. And I wonder if if you're going to hate this idea, or you're going to love this idea. I have no idea what this is going to be. Do you? Would you be interested? And I hopefully the answer is yes, or else this would make for a really bad bit on the show. Would you like to go position by position? and give our best value at each position now that we're done with this whole process. No. Okay, great. That's yeah, going to do it for us here on the Prospects and Props podcast. You can follow me on uh, quarterback. We'll start with, we'll, we'll make it easy. We'll go with quarterback. I, I have to pull off the list now. Like you need to not, not have to go get a list. You're telling me you can't, you can't just pick a name for quarterback. And then, fill, and then while I'm going, you, you get the list well, open. Best value. My, not my favorite. Like again, I I have somebody in mind who I think will win the award at position. But you're saying best value. That's a whole different equation. I need to know the exact odds. Okay. Right. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. I still think Anthony Richardson's good value at seven to one. Yeah, says the guy that's staring at the odds. That's what I'm trying. Do you want to Hendon Hooker at fifty to one? You can have Hendon Hooker at fifty to one if you'd like. No. Okay. Well then, you want Aiden O'Connell at eighty to one? <laughs> yes. You want Stetson Bennett or Clayton Tune at hundred to one? Can yeah, have any of those? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Uh, there's no value here at the quarterback spot. Oh no no! I'm you could take. You could take Will Levis at twenty five to one. What does that do for you? I could. I'm not CJ okay. at seven to one. There's no value here. Uh, running back. Roshan Johnson at thirty five to one. I mean, I, I in order to be intellectually consistent, it has to be Chase Brown at fifty to one for me. 
Yes, for you to be intellectually consistent. Wide receiver. Or or, or Israel Banakanda. Or Israel Banakanda. Wide receiver. I don't even remember. Did I pick a wide receiver that I loved from a value perspective throughout this process? No, there was one you kind of liked. Was it Tyler Scott? Oh, yeah, no, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, it's Jalen Hyatt's the one you wanted. 35 to 1. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, loved, loved that fit for him in New York with that uh, wide receiver. Yeah, good shot. I'm going to go I'm gonna go Zay Flowers, 22 to 1. Imagine, imagine that. Imagine me. I I was the guy driving the Zay Flowers train when we did the show. Then when it came to this, you're like, no, nah, I got you. Don't worry. Zay Flowers, 22 to 1. But I'll take your pipe. I'll, I'll take Jalen Hyatt at 35 to 1. Uh, do we both want to agree that the tight end is Michael Mayer at 60 to 1 and just move on with yes. the loss? Okay. I, I think there's there's no doubt in my mind of that. All right, then we have finished the uh, offensive rookie of the year candidates because that's really it. Uh, defense, pass rusher is that? Do we want to just gr- group them as pass yeah, rushers? Because I'm not taking an interior defensive lineman. Yeah, there's no value in taking an interior defensive lineman, so we'll go Correct. pass rusher. The only one that has a chance is Jalen Carter, and I'm not taking Jalen Carter. Um, I'm looking. Rusher. I'm looking. Hmm. This is tough. I hate Will McDonald at twenty-five to one. I hate Nolan Smith at twenty-two to one. I, I don't think he's going to play enough. Yeah, I don't like a lot of the values. Do I have at to go, that spot? Do I have to go further? Oh, I got it! I got it! I got it! Isaiah okay, Foskey, sixty to one. Isaiah Foskey, okay. sixty to one. You want Tommy Adebore at sixty to one? You can have Tommy Adebore at sixty to one. Yeah, I can't. I think I kind of do. I think I kind of do. Okay, so I'm going to go with that linebacker. We could just both pick Dayon Henley 50 to 1 and move on with yeah. our lives if we would like to just do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, corner. I feel like it's going to be Julius Brents, isn't what, it? 60 well, to 1. One of us could take Julius Brents. If you wanted to take DJ Turner, you could. I, I'm open to that as well. Those are two that the, uh, guys that immediately make also, some sense. Also, 60 to 1. Uh, Keely Ringo player. at 35 to 1. Don't hate it, but okay. not, I, I don't hate it. But I think the value at sixty to one for those two guys, I think they're all about. Hold on, I mean, you, 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 you sold me, you know, beachfront rental property by trying to tell me how good Joey Porter Jr. was at thirty to one. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna no, do I that. I love Joey Porter at thirty to one, but if I my choice is I can only bet one, and if it's Brents at sixty to one or Porter at thirty to one, uh, I would take Brents at sixty to one. Wow, so you 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 love the additional long odds with Brents and what he would be Correct. able to do. As a Julius Brent stand, I, I greatly appreciate yeah, if, that. If they were equal, I probably would go with Porter for just this year. But I think they're both equal prospects in my eyes. Uh, but 60 to 1, getting double the value there is yeah. enough to push me over the edge. Uh, safety. I closed it. I thought we were doing DBs. Um, hold on. I said corner. I, I didn't say DB. I know. Do you want – you can have Brian Branch at 25 to 1 if you'd like. You can have Sidney Brown nah. at 50 to 1 if you'd like. Hold on. You can have Antonio Johnson at sixty-five to one. I wanted to pick Antonio Johnson, but that's not. I need like a hundred to one to make that worth my while. All right, hold on. I mean, I, I gave you, I gave you the again. other two guys. It's Brian Branch at twenty-five to one, and it's Sidney Brown at fifty to one. I think it's Sidney Brown at fifty options. to one. I, I can't. I'm looking through it. Everybody else is a corner. Yeah. Tyreek Stevenson's a corner. Clark Phillips is a corner. A lot of these other guys are pass rushers. Yeah, those are your two options. It's not a great group. Probably should have stuck to DBs. They probably would have helped out, but, you know. You probably would have helped out a lot. Probably why you closed it. Uh, I'm just just for funsies. I'm going to go Antonio Johnson at 65 to 1. All right, I'll go. I'll go Sidney Brown at 50 to 1. 
Those are our favorite values at each position. Both, both those guys can potentially find some roles in those secondaries. Yeah, that's kind of the kind of the default. And with Brian yeah. Branch, like he might play corner and they might move him around. And so, like, I don't. Yeah. And also, he's not really a value at 25. to 1. Right. Right. That's the other. You thing. know what I mean? Like about it as well. Um, one more show in the books. Uh, one more show for this week. Tomorrow takes on takes. You got to get your takes in. You can tweet them at me. Uh, Chris Schubert on Twitter. Chris Schubert underscore on Twitter. Please excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Make sure at, you use the underscore. At Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Or if you're a member of the TDM Premium Discord, you can do so in the Takes on Takes chat. I will tell you, Jamie uh, Bailey, a regular listener of both the Prospects yes. and Props podcast and the TDM Daily podcast, uh, already promised a tattle take on me. He's tattle taking on me about m- my take about the Bears wanting to win every game 16 to 9 and rushing for 275. Um, okay. Yards. I feel like you've been pretty consistent on that. I have. He he, he doesn't. He thinks my logic of what they did this offseason doesn't match with that comment. So that there's going to be a tattle take on that. I have been pretty okay. consistent, but we'll, we will have that conversation okay. tomorrow. Guess we you, will see. You, Chris, they are setting up a Ferris wheel outside my house. Um, that my, my follow up question to that would be that that, that clearly means the um, the fair is in town, right? Some sort of festival well, fair. No, I, I, it is a. Uh, I think it's a Latin music festival. That's happening. And so, but for so whatever reason. So they brought a Ferris wheel. They did. And keep in mind, there's a Ferris wheel over yonder at Navy Pier. So there's now two. Famous. There's now. Okay. I, I have a very important. two Ferris wheels in my eyes. That my was eye my eye follow-up eye. question. So you can now physically see from where you were sitting. There are two distinct, two. different Ferris wheels. Correct. Like I don't that's know, a lot. I don't know what Go the ahead. listeners are going to do with that information, but we've provided that. per 60 is pretty high. It's it is the Ferris wheel per sixty uh, is very very high. Uh, takes on takes tomorrow on the show. You can tweet yeah. them at me at Chris Schubert underscore or at Jamie Eisner. Do you have any Ferris wheel takes? Yeah, uh, you know what? Show. Give me your top five favorite fair activities and see if the Ferris wheel's yeah. in there. Maybe we'll do I that. Feel, on the- ooh, no, no, no. Fair foods as well. All right, that's what things. Yeah, that's what things. That's what we're doing on the show tomorrow. I, I can promise. I can promise you already, folks, that if you guys don't provide it, we're certainly going to be doing uh, that list as well on the show tomorrow. So appreciate everybody making this show a part of their day. Hope everybody has a great rest of their Thursday. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.